Loneliness is probably the first and biggest emotion that you face when you have a mental illness. Your symptoms often want you to separate yourself away from people. You don't want to be with people. You don't want to be around people. You don't want to be in places where you can, where your sadness can be exposed. It's difficult and it's tough because it all comes down to self-worth. It's easy to feel worthless when you have a mental illness. But today I want to talk about the fact that you are worth it. I'm going to dive into that and much more on STP today. Welcome to Shattered the Podcast. Sharing the lived experience of mental illness on a father, a mother, a family. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Self-worth. It's a difficult concept because it's kind of like oxygen. Everybody has it. Everybody uses it every day. It's essential to life, but you don't really notice that it's missing until you don't have it, just like oxygen. (laughs) As soon as you don't have it, you notice how important it is. Self-worth. It's one of these things that Australians particularly don't like to talk about. Strikes of ego, of self-congratulations, that sort of thing, but It's something that we all desperately need to live. And again, like oxygen, it's something that you don't think about until you don't have it. When was the last time you thought about your breathing? The fact that every day you breathe in and out, you bring oxygen into your body and it keeps you alive. How often do you think about that? Almost never for most of us. It's like that with self-worth. We all have an inbuilt self-worth. This idea that I am good for something, be it a good mother, good father, good life, good holidays, good trips, good relationships, good family, good cooking. We all have this idea that we are worth it. It's For most of us that grew up in healthy homes, we all have a a moderate measure of self-worth. Everybody alive has to. They have to believe that they are good for something in order to just keep going. But what happens when that idea of self-worth is gone, just like your oxygen? As soon as you can't breathe, it's all you can think about. When you have no self-worth, it's all you can think about. All you can see is facts reinforcing your belief that you are worth less. Your symptoms when it comes to mental illness, the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the anger, your reactions to things, all of uh, reaction to things, all of it convinces you that you are without worth, that you have no purpose, that you are not somebody that deserves to be. I heard somebody say something interesting recently. They talked about the fact that 
through their mental illness, when they had suicidal ideation, intense thoughts of taking their own life, they didn't want to die. They didn't want to be in a box under the ground. They didn't want to be in an urn cremated. They just wanted the pain to stop. It's a very, very interesting but highly important distinction. This idea of wanting to die as a concept of destroying yourself or this concept of dying to stop the pain. Can you imagine what that person is going through if all they want to do is to make something stop and the only way that they think they can do that is to take their own life? I really can't think of another situation outside of mental illness or extreme depression um, that that would be an option. So it is that a person who is desperate for the pain to stop, choosing an option that is so final, it really adapts the way that you think about suicide. And I heard a statistic the other day that there was going to be something like nine successful suicides in our country every day. One is too many. Nine is in, it's, it's unfathomable. The lives that are going to be impacted by suicide today simply because these people wanted the pain to stop. How does self-worth factor into this? Well, self-worth is the motivator that keeps a person going. The idea that they have a purpose, they, the idea that they have something to look forward to. I mean, we used to talk about it in the care industry when uh, elderly people go into nursing homes, they usually die fairly quickly. The ones that stick around for years and years are, are few and far between because these people all of a sudden have nothing to live for, nothing to hope to do, nothing to contribute, so they think. Thus it is with people with mental illness. They feel like they have nothing to contribute. Now, here's where I have a problem with talking about self-worth. And I talk about this to try and give you an understanding of what somebody else feels like when they deal with this lack of self-worth. For me, in my head... I am constantly hearing that I am weak and pathetic and horrible and terrible at everything. The events in my life, the activities of my life, all come down to this idea that people are tolerating me, that people are putting up with me. They don't really want to. People are generally kind. I am generally a kind person. 
I will often tolerate something to be nice. And I assume that most people do that with me. I struggle with talking about hope in the mental illness space because hope is a very, very tricky concept for me. It's elusive. And I've found that it's not a destination, it's a journey. And that impacts this podcast because I could probably get more attention and likes if I was to spout hope all the time. Everything's going to get better. Everything's going to be great. You're awesome. We're awesome. Everybody's awesome. The problem is that I don't always feel like that. In fact, the times that I do feel like that are very few and far between. For me, my mental illness has been hard work. It hasn't been uh, adulation and uh, euphoria, the fact that I'm out speaking at schools and I've got a podcast and woohoo. None of that gives me any kind of uh, feeling of success or uh, inbuilt uh, purpose and, and, and identity. For me, the things that I do around mental illness are almost a necessity. I know that I deal with my mental illness better when I feel like I'm helping other people. That's just me personally. So while I don't get um, a big buzz out of going to schools and having people say that they like the way that I talk, is because I'm not there for me to be big noted because I can't be. Because in my mind, the adulation such that there is, and there isn't much, is like water off a duck's back for me. I just don't feel it. It doesn't penetrate. doesn't get in there. It doesn't give me any self-worth. For me, my self-worth comes in many ways from my wife, and that's dangerous. What if something happens to her? Where, where am I? So is my help, is my hope, my self-worth invested in her alone? Or is it everything that I'm doing combined? When I first went to an organization called MEACT, and they said, why do you want to go to schools and talk? Why do you want to go to workplaces and talk about your lived experience of mental illness? And the main reason was that for 15 years, it was 10 years at the time, my family had been through absolute hell because of my mental illness. I felt like I had been through hell. Uh, I'm a Christian and I believe in heaven and hell. And part of the reason that I never took my own life was this fear of going to hell 
But after 10 years of, of living with mental illness, I didn't care because I'd already been to hell. And I said to the MEACT people that my pain has to have had a purpose. I can't have gone through what I've gone through for the last 10 years, all the wasted time, the wasted opportunity, the wasted talent. It can't all be for nothing. And if talking about this stuff helps, it's cliche. If it helps one person, it's worth it. For me, I'm not looking for that one person. I'm just looking to know that in myself, I have tried to make a difference. I have tried to use that pain for something worthwhile, for something good, for something that may help people. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't. All that matters is that I know in myself that I have done my absolute best to take the pain that I've been through and to turn it into something constructive. Now, the title of today is You Are Worth It. Your mind is going to tell you that you are not worth it. When the voices come to me in the suicidal ideation, my first and foremost thought is that thought that came to me on the day that I was taken to hospital, on the day that I tried to take my life. And in the ambulance, amidst all the paranoia, the fear, the mania, the psychosis, all I wanted to do was go home. I just wanted to be home with my wife. And that has become the main tool that I use against suicidal ideation, that realization that I was an inch away from death and I realized it's not what I wanted. My rational mind tells me that I have more to live for than that. And let me try and go through some of the lists, some of the things that I have to think. I may not be a great father. I may not even be a good father. But I know that I'm trying. And I know that I don't succeed all the time, but I know that I'm giving it my absolute best shot. I can talk about things. I learned this when I accidentally fell into radio. I can discuss things clearly. I can be eloquent. I can be uh, somebody that can communicate well. And that's a positive thing. And that's a worthwhile thing. What else is worthwhile about me is I have an ability to encourage people. Now, other people have told me this. <laughs> I don't really see it in myself, but apparently I am good at encouraging people to be their best. I'm also good at teaching people things. Even as I'm saying these things, my mind is, without any exaggeration, it's in my head going, you are stupid. You are deceiving yourself. Nothing that you're saying is true. 
another way that I allow myself to consider my worth, my own self-worth, is to consider the impact of my death on the people closest to me. I think about the impact of my death on my parents, people that invested heart and soul into me and believed the best in me. Every day of my life, they believed the best in me and of me. What would it be like for them if, if their son, this person that they put all this time, energy, and effort into, this love, sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears, literal blood, sweat, and tears, if I gave up, if I just didn't keep trying? I think about my kids. What would their lives be like as they grow up? That eternal question is, did I do something? What didn't I do? What could I have done to make his life more bearable? And I can't even contemplate what my wife would go through. I just, I can't. It it hurts me too much to think about hurting her that way. It is easy to feel like you have no self-worth. Now, your story is going to be different from mine. Your story is going to have different facets to it. But I'm assuming if you've listened this far, you're... something that I've said today has resonated with you. I want you to know that even though your mind may scream at you that you are worth worthless you have worth while you have breath in your lungs there is hope there is a chance for you to do things better to be better there are people that will be devastated if they lose you But I know that's the furthest thing from your mind, and that's okay, but it's good to be reminded of that. It's easy to look at the world and see people doing things that make them look and seem important. And to think that, in comparison, you are nothing, you are nowhere. You've got nothing to offer. The thing of it is that happiness, joy, is your birthright. You are inbuilt with the fact that you deserve, you deserve to be happy, to feel joy. You are worth it. You are worthwhile. You have compassion. You have empathy. 
you understand what it's like to be in pain. Very few people understand that. And that's good. I mean, I'm glad if you're listening to this and you don't have a mental illness and you, or everything that I'm saying to you is alien and foreign, I am super excited by that. I am really pleased. I couldn't be happier. But now perhaps you'll understand that not all of us feel like that. And to feel like that seems impossible. As I said, I wish that my podcast was about flowers and butterflies and telling you that everything was going to be all right. But for me, that's not reality. Reality is objectively looking at the places in my life where I have worth and reminding myself of them. Remember the analogy about oxygen. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. But the thing about oxygen is it's always there, even if you feel like it's not. My desperate cry to you today, my desperate from the from my soul, I beg you to stay another day. Just keep breathing. Do the work that you have to do. Talk to somebody. Reach out. There are helplines. There's even a text line now in Australia, that you can text for help. I want to make you this promise. (laughs) If you stick around, I will too. I will be here next week and the week after and the week after. I hope that you will too. It seems weird to spruik a podcast that is like this, but uh, I don't know. All we want to do is help people. Like, subscribe, share, join the conversation. Get back to me in the comments. Jump on the social medias. Let me know where you're at. I appreciate you, I'm thankful for you, and I very much look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Shattered, the podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information.